Awesome, good. Man Up Weekend coming quick. Hey, today we're in part three of our series that we've been kicking off the new year with, 2024, called Something and Someone. And uh, if you're new to the series, in this series, here's what we are doing. Here's what it's all about. It is challenging us towards spiritual habits and practices that deepen our personal relationship with Jesus. Man, if we're going to be a follower of Jesus, I want to be people who are walking out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So everybody in the room today, you should have a card that you set on, that you passed off to your spouse, you slid in your Bible, went on your chair. Everybody needs one of these. Okay, this is not like the people who really want to listen to the sermon. They hold some, and then the other people is like, well, we check out and scroll Facebook. Okay, no, like everybody, all right, I want you to hold one of these. You should have one around your seat somewhere. If you're with us in week one and week two, we're so grateful that you you brought yours back. Come on now. All right. And uh, we're so grateful. Thank you for saving paper for us. Awesome. Okay. And uh, if you wasted paper this week, okay, thank you for doing what you did. Okay. So I would ask you, hey, listen, if you forgot it, it's all good. It's all good. We knew that you might, okay, because we forget stuff too. Grab a new one. Okay. Grab a new one. And uh, we're going to walk through this together. All right. So hold it in your hand. Now, Every week of this series is vitally important. Here's what you got to know, okay? Just to kind of let you in my world a little bit. Um, whenever I do a series that's multiple weeks, okay, and this one's four weeks, and we're kind of like building on top of each other, here's what has never happened in the 11-year history of the exchange is that all of you showed up all four weeks. Not happened, not one single time, okay? But you know what? Every week mattered, okay? And uh, some of you, if you didn't go back and podcast me at the gym this week, all right, shame on you, okay, for catching up with week two. But here's what I want to do, okay? I want to take a second, give me a second, and I want to recap where we've been so that you understand where we're headed today, okay? And so for some of you, if you were here week one or week two, um, you forgot, so you need a little bit of refresher. If you weren't here, welcome to new information coming your way, all right? And it'll all tie to the card that you have in your hand, and it'll make sense why we need this, okay? Week one, all right, we began with a question talking about the something of our series, and the question that we asked was this. We'll put it on the screen. What is something that you are doing to personally grow your relationship with Jesus? If you'd go, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, then I'm asking you what outside of sitting in this center block building for 60 minutes, maybe once or twice a month, what are you doing to personally encourage and sharpen your relationship with Jesus? And so in week one, we answered that question with our first something, which was, anybody remember? Nobody remembers, oh God, okay, here we go. All right, let's start back. We're going back to week one. I'm just kidding. I know some of you are like, I don't know we can talk during your message. Okay, it's all good. Only if you say positive things. All right, week one was read something. You remember, I know you do. Read something. Here's what we said. We said an essential, non-negotiable, personal spiritual practice of every follower of Jesus is that you are reading something from God's word. Okay, how are you going to know what he's saying if you don't read what he said, okay? So we said we're all reading something from God's word. And I told you week one, week two, I'm saying again week three, probably say it next week too. If I could wish one thing for everybody, like if you say I'm a Christian and I kind of like what God's doing through the exchange, we come here sometimes. Here's what I would wish if I could wish something for every single person. The main thing is that I would wish that you would learn to delight in God's word, that you would learn to personally know God through his word, that you would read it, Okay? 
And maybe you don't hit every day, but you would read it, and you would learn to know him and let him speak to you through his word, and then you would maybe write something down. Okay, that'd be it. Man, if you did that, whoa, I'm just saying. Like, we would be a different church. You watch out if that happened, because we'd be personally hungry and knowing God through his word. Um, because here's the deal, okay? Um, we'll stand up, and we'll say it at the end of our gathering today. If you've been with us, you can kind of know we speak a little declaration. It's our final reminder. And what do we say? We exchange, we're exchanging ideas for truth. God's word is our what? standard. Bingo, okay? And you know what, though? If we say that, but then we never personally engage God's Word because we're too busy or we don't understand it or it's too hard or whatever, okay, then do you know what the world could call us? Hypocrites. And they'd nail it, right? Because we say this thing, but we don't do this thing, okay? And so here's what we said. We encourage you. We'll put a slide up. We encourage you on all of the resources that we have. So we just call it Life Journal. It's on our website. It's on our app. It's all free, every bit of it. There's plans, like you can spend 40 days with Jesus, or you can read the whole Bible. All of that's on there and everything in between. And you go, sometimes I read it, but I don't understand it. We got you, okay? There are resources on there that you can listen to, watch, read, whatever your medium is. Take it in. Just read something, okay? That's where we started. That's a pillar of the series. Then last week, we added a second something, which was pray something. Pray something. We said an essential part, if you are a growing, maturing follower of Jesus, an essential part of that is that you are spending and knowing God on some level through prayer. Okay? All of us would do that. And uh, we admitted, man, a whole bunch of us raised our hands last week. We're like, oh, man, including the preacher, like my prayer life could be better. Um, and so last week, we talked about some things that keep us from praying, but then we hit, you remember those, hit four important truths to remember that literally could probably maybe change how your prayer life goes. And so you maybe weren't here, you need the refresher. Here's the four things real fast. We said we should pray with gut level honesty. Okay? Be honest before God. He can handle it. We said we should pray about everything that matters to us. Because if it matters to you, it also matters to who? It matters to God. If he's a heavenly father and you are his child and he created you, then guess what? If it matters to you, it matters to him. Number three, we should pray continually. That may be the game changer because some of you are like, man, I can't do 45 minutes on my knees next to the bed in the morning. Okay, I check out. I'm left field. I'm making a grocery list because I can't. Listen, what does it look like to pray continually? Paul said that, 1 Thessalonians, man, we pray continually. Like I'm praying walking into work. I'm praying before the test. I'm praying after school. I'm praying on the way to work. Man, we're knowing God continually. And then the last part that I think is vitally important, we should pray and then listen for God to respond. Okay? Sometimes we just live here, yep, 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 right? And we never sit and go, God, do you have something that you want to say? And so last week, there was this challenge to pray. Okay? So here's why you got the card, and I recap week one and week two. What is something that you are reading? If you're new to the series and you've not written down, this is your moment. Okay? And then what is something that you're praying for? Right, right down, right there. Maybe it's somebody in your family that's far from God. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a job. I mean, like, just write something down. Do it even right now. If you're at home, just pull a card out. That's all it says. Something I'm right, reading, something I'm praying for. Some of you are like, well, dude, what's the deal with the card? Back off, okay? Here's why we're doing the card, okay? It's not school, okay? We're not taking it up. It's not a test, but here's what I know, okay? This is accountability, all right, we're going to talk about that today, okay? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I stink at accountability, <laughs> all right? Like, let's go gym, okay? Like, right, New Year, a few more LBs on the, on the, uh, on the uh, scale than you wanted, right? How many times are you going to go to the gym? Well, however many times I'm held accountable, okay? And so this is accountability for you, for me, that we're walking in this together. Now, 
Today we are transitioning from the something part of the series to the someone part of the series. So next two weeks is all about someone, and here is our question, okay, and it's long, okay, here's our question for kind of the second part of the series. We're going to put it on the screen. Who is someone that you are regularly meeting with for spiritual growth, and who is someone or who are you intentionally investing in? Again, I know it's a really long question. You don't have to write it all down. We're going to mainly look at the first part of that question today. Who is someone that you are regularly meeting with for spiritual growth? Now, just like with our something question, like what is something that you're doing personally, okay, some of you, as soon as I say who is someone that you're meeting with regularly for spiritual growth, like accountability in your life, some of you, you have an answer. Like you got one person, there's a couple people, there's a group of people, awesome, okay? Listen, it's still for you today, okay? But you're ahead of the curve. Some of you, though, hear me, some of you in a room of 120 people or so and people joining our online gathering, some of you, the answer to that question is no one, all right? Here's my hope today. I'm not going to shame you, guilt you. I'm not that good, okay? But my prayer is that God would use his word and his spirit, okay, to lead all of us to have a confident answer to that question. If you're a follower of Jesus, then this is part of what God calls us to. Now, to set up this thought for today, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to read multiple verses of Scripture, so if you're one of those that likes to turn to a passage, we'll be back in a solid passage here in a couple of weeks. Today, I'm going to use multiple verses. It'd be better for you just to write down things, go look it up later. Um, we'll put a lot of stuff on the screen, but I want to share with you a passage of Scripture. Then I'm going to share with you some principles, and if you've been around here long enough, I've shared these way back in the past, but I think today they do a good job of setting up where we're going to land today. So here's what I'm going to read first, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 15, this is from the message translation, just because I kind of like the way Paul sets it up here. And here's what scripture says. Look at it on the screen. Write down what sticks out to you. It says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ. In other words, we're all aiming to be more like Jesus, who is the source of everything that we do. He keeps us, Christ keeps us, in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us. That's just saying, men, the Holy Spirit's in us, nourishing us so that we will, you say it this time, we will what? Grow up. Healthy in God and then robust in love. Simply put, we read it twice, Scripture calls everybody who's a follower of Jesus to do what? Grow up. You caught it, right? Just like any healthy parent has a desire for their child to ultimately do what? Grow up, all right? Get out of the house, move out of the basement, get off the payroll, okay? Get a J-O-B, right? Grow up, right? That's the healthy, maturing flow of life. Now, some translations here, here's what they say. They say mature in Christ. The New Testament's very, very clear. We're going to talk about it today. The command for every follower of Jesus is to grow in spiritual maturity. You can't even argue with it. Just read it. However, let's talk maybe some reality. My fear is that many of us, maybe even some of us, have attended church services, church gatherings, whatever you want to call it, for years and have declared ourselves as Christians, but in many ways we're still living in the spiritual nursery. My prayer is that God would use today to challenge me, challenge you, that we would grow up, 
that we would begin to spiritually mature. We can't live in the basement anymore. We got to get a J-O-B. We got to grow up in Christ. So a big question, if that's the goal, if that's what Scripture's calling us to, how do we become mature in Christ? Okay, and I want to answer that today, but before we get there, I want to answer some things that I think some of us, in fact, many people in our part of the world, believe about spiritual maturity that's simply not true. And so I'm going to give you, I'm just calling them myths, um, false beliefs, however you want to label it. We'll put it on the screen. You may want to write them down so you remember them. Myth one is this. Spiritual maturity is automatic once you become a Christian. These things are not true. Spiritual maturity is automatic once you become a Christian. Spiritual growth or maturity do not just happen once you are saved or choose to follow Jesus. Many churches... And many people teach if you just come to church services regularly that you'll automatically spiritually mature and just become more like Jesus. Two responses to that. First, that's just not true. Number two, even if it was true, even if it was true, you ready to hear where we are? The average church attender in this moment in history Darkens the door of a church once to twice a month. All right? So, like, we're going an hour out of a whole month. I'm investing in my spiritual life because somebody else is telling me what we're saying. We're singing some songs, and I'm thinking at the end of the month, I'm going to be more like Jesus. All right? Like, that just that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Therefore, many churches are filled with people who have attended services, gatherings, youth camps, whatever, all of their lives, yet they are still what? Spiritual babies. They're they're immature in Christ. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen automatically over time. Spiritual growth is not an accident. It does not just click and happen. Millions of Christians today, they grow old without ever growing up. And so maturity isn't automatic. That's myth number one. Here's number two. Spiritual maturity is only possible for the, we'll call it the spiritually elite, okay? Um, Sometimes, maybe today, when you heard me say spiritually mature, like you thought of like your grandmother who like just read the Bible all the time, quote half the New Testament, okay, or maybe you think of like a monk, or you think of somebody who lives a secluded life, or a Billy Graham, or a Pope, or I mean, you fill in the blank, your generation, whoever's like, man, that's like a super spiritual person, and a lot of people think that spiritual maturity can only be really achieved by that level of a person, and you go, well, that's not me, so therefore I just kind of give up. Okay? And they think I can never attain it. Some people believe spiritual maturity is only possible for super Christians. Okay? Not true. Number three, spiritual maturity is measured by what you know. That is measured by what you know. Now, many churches, Christians, maybe you know somebody, they evaluate spiritual maturity solely on how well you can interpret Bible passages or how many verses you can quote or explain theology. And they would say, somebody who's spiritually mature, maybe you YouTube these people, you're like, man, they can argue like deep theological truths. They use all those big words that I got to Google even what does it mean and then play the video again, right? Okay. And you're going, that's the people because they have so much knowledge. Now, hear this. While, yes, biblical knowledge is absolutely a part of spiritual maturity, okay, it is not the total measurement of it. We're going to talk about that in a second, so just write that down. Spiritual maturity is not measured by what you know, and here's number four. Spiritual maturity is a personal and private matter. Okay. I heard some people say that. I got a personal relationship with Jesus, all right? 
Well, here's the deal. The American culture, I don't know if you've looked around, but the American culture over time, study history, we've become more and more individualized. And I think like, you know, four years ago and kind of lived through that 2020 deal that happened, like we became even more individualized. And I know you're like, well, no, I got a phone. I'm connected to 2,000 friends. But no, you're not. You're actually more individualized than you were before. Okay? And as a result of that, okay, we just kind of flowed into it. We didn't feel it, but it just kind of happened. Um, now even much of the spiritual formation that we can think about tends to be self-centered or it's self-focused. And in many ways, it leaves out any reference to our relationship with other followers of Jesus. And that is unbiblical, and it's counter to what most of the New Testament says. We're going to highlight some of that today. Okay? So here's the four myths. If you didn't catch them, I'm going to say them fast. Spiritual maturity is not automatic. It's not just for the spiritually elite. It's not just measured by what you know. And it's not a personal and private matter only. Now, those are myths. You nodded your head. I got a couple of, uh-huh, all right. I got a couple of those. I felt that. But here's the deal. There are many of us who, whether we consciously or subconsciously did it, we've adopted those myths and in here just internalize that as truths. And it's affected and changed the way that we're growing as a follower of Jesus. And here's what we could state today. We could argue that these beliefs, those myths and more, but those beliefs have led to churches, and you might know some, filled with people who know how to do the motions of religion but who fail to be maturing, multiplying disciples of Jesus, okay? And if you're new to our faith family and you haven't already kind of figured it out, our hope, we ain't getting it all right, okay? But our hope, our desire is that we would be people that look a lot more like this word than like the world. And so today, man, that's it. That's what it's encouraging and challenging us to. So if those were myths, what are truths? Give me what it really looks like. Let's talk about spiritual maturity. So I'm going to give you four of these. They're going to just counter the myths. Truth number one is this. Spiritual maturity is intentional. It is intentional. Spiritual maturity requires commitment and effort to grow spiritually. You have to want to grow and make an effort to grow in your faith. Or we could say it this way, discipleship begins with a decision to want to grow, okay? Therefore, the card, all right? You know why, you know why I was like, man, why are we going to do the card? We printed a lot of these. We spent a little bit of money to get them printed. You know why? Because this requires intentionality. And some of you are like, man, I'll, like, I'll do it. I need to write it down. You put it on your dashboard or you put it on your desk or you put it in your bathroom mirror. Because right? you're like, man, like it's, it's encouraging me. Like, woke up, saw that. Oh, yeah, we're praying for this. Oh, yeah, I'm like intentional. Like, growth doesn't happen by accident. You don't wake up into growth and just like, boom, here I am. Doesn't work that way. Discipleship begins with a decision to want to grow. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, look at what Paul said. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, don't hear that wrong. Paul says, work out, not work on your salvation. Okay? We can't add to what Jesus has done for us. Paul's writing, if you read Philippians, he's writing to a group of people who are following Jesus. But he's just encouraging them. He's affirming them. He's challenging them to take their part. He's like, you got to be intentional if you want to keep growing. In fact, God has a part to play in our spiritual maturity. He does. But you know what? We do too. 
Both of us are working together. Becoming like Jesus is a result of the commitments we make, a.k.a. the card, okay? I read a quote this week, and here's what the quote said. Maybe you'd agree with it. We become whatever we are committed to. If you want to drop them LBs by the end of January or by February, guess what? You better be committed to the gym. We become whatever we are committed to. So if you're committed at your, uh, your workplace, your career, if you're committed to becoming the boss at your company, okay, and nothing wrong with working hard, but if you're committed to becoming the boss, guess what? Over the next season, your life's going to take a whole lot of, it's going to be a, just a whole lot of work. You're going to be really committed into that. Family might see you a little less. If you are committed to being married, like, man, we oh, got to be married, got to be married, can't be single. Listen, pretty quickly, your life will be consumed with finding Mr. and Mrs. Wright. We become whatever we are committed to. And I'm saying today that growing spiritually, if you're into that, okay, requires commitment and intentionality. Here's number two, truth. Spiritual maturity is possible for anyone. Okay, remember the myth? We're like, man, spiritual maturity, maybe it's only for like the priests and the monks and the whoever, okay? No, the reality is any believer can grow to maturity if they be- develop the habits necessary for spiritual growth. It can happen. Just like anybody can become physically fit if what? They do certain exercises, practice good habits, less cake, more broccoli, okay, more treadmill, all right, less couch. You got it? Same way, guess what? It's the same way spiritually. It's the same way. Spiritual fitness is simply a matter of learning certain spiritual exercises and letting them become habits in our life. I heard a quote uh, this week, and it said, character is shaped by the habits we develop. That's it. I mean, yes, that's true spiritually. You take that in any area of life. Character is developed by the habits that we develop. Spiritual growth is possible for anybody. No matter how new you are to faith, how long you've been following Jesus and sitting in the same spot, you can mature from there. Here's number three, truth. Spiritual maturity is demonstrated more by behavior than by beliefs. Now, contrary to the myth that spiritual maturity is just measured by what you know, okay, the reality is this Christian life following Jesus, being a disciple, is not just a matter of creeds and convictions and what you can memorize, but it also has a whole lot to do with conduct and character. In fact, here's what James says. We read this a few months ago in the book of James. James 2, verse 18. But someone will say, well, you have faith, and I got deeds. You believe, and I go act it out. And James says, no, no, no. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. In other words, beliefs have to be backed by behavior. You don't get to say, I believe, and then not do. It doesn't work that way. Scripture says our attitudes and our actions actually reveal our maturity more than anything. So it's not, can you quote half of Psalms? But it's, are you living what the word says? That actually says, are you mature or not? And Jesus himself, he said, you will know them. You remember that verse? You will know them by their fruit, by what they produce. Not just what they intake, but what comes out of their life. Not just knowledge, but fruit. Having only knowledge, you know what only having knowledge will do? Having only knowledge will produce in us pride. Not Christ-likeness. Okay? Let's grow in our knowledge of the word, but let's let that knowledge also change the way that we live. Okay? Here's number four. Spiritual maturity happens in community. Spiritual maturity happens in 
community. The myth was that spiritual growth is a personal and private matter. The truth is that relationships, relationships are essential to help us grow and mature spiritually. We do not grow only in isolation from others, but we actually grow and mature in the context of healthy relationships with others. Let me read to you Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and you're going to see a theme running all throughout these two verses. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, needed community, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You catch it? And God intends, he calls us through his word to grow together, grow together with others in relationships. It's an essential part of maturing in Christ. And over and over, Scripture calls us to that. It reinforces, man, if you're growing in Christ, you've got other people who are maybe less mature and more mature than you, and you're walking this thing out together. In fact, 1 John chapter 1, I'm just going to quote to you a part of the verse, says, part of the proof that we are walking in the light. What, first, what John is saying is part of the proof that you are a follower of Jesus, okay, and here's the phrase, is if we have fellowship with one another. In other words, part of the proof that you are what you say that you are is, is your life engaged and growing with other followers of Jesus. Spiritual maturity happens in community with other believers, or we could say it this way today, church. Spiritual maturity happens when we grow with someone. There it is. It happens when we grow with someone. I've got some things that I am personally walking out, I'm doing, but I've got someone that I am walking with. Every maturing, growing, committed follower of Jesus should have a someone that they are growing with. If you look at Scripture, you probably read some of it, there's example after example of people who grew together with others spiritually. I'm going to give you just a few real fast. Elijah invested in the life of Elisha. Timothy grew together with his mentor, Paul. Ruth and Naomi grew together through grief and joy. Paul served, grew together with Barnabas, and then later grew together with Mark. Aaron had Moses. David grew together with his friend Jonathan. Even Jesus had 12 disciples and then a closer what? A closer three that he did life with as he lived out his mission of the Father's calling on his life. So what we're saying is even Jesus had a someone, okay? And ain't none of us got the name Jesus. So if he needed a someone, how much more do we need somebody? Man, God calls us. He's like, if you're going to mature in me, if that's the end goal, and that's what the word calls us to, then you need a someone. Now, as I'm laying this out and getting all fired up, okay, I feel like I should be pretty honest with you. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that maybe most preachers wouldn't tell you, but here's what I need to tell you. Okay? Growing with others, that it's the word it's calling us to, growing with others or discipleship, however you want to call it, doesn't have a perfect formula. Like there's not. Man, if there's a one, two, three, we'd have been out here in about 12 minutes today, okay? I'd have given it to you, all right? Put it on the screen, you screenshot it, go and live it out, one, two, three. But it doesn't work that way. I wish it did because I'm a one, two, three guy. But there is, there is no perfect kind of like cookie-cutter thing um, to growing with others. Okay? Here's the second truth that I shouldn't tell you, but I'm telling you. Growing with others isn't always easy. In fact, 
I'd probably go so far as to say this. It's actually probably more hard than it is easy on a lot of days. Growing with others is not easy. You want to know why? Here's what I've determined. You can argue with me on it. Here's, here's why I believe that. Because we're all sinners. <laughs> Every one of us. All right? And when you put, I don't know if you watch this, but when you put a group of sinners together, all right, or just two of them, right, even in a marriage, and they say, I do, and put rings on, whenever you put two sinners together with their selfishness and their pride and their brokenness and their busyness and their personalities and their preferences, nothing ever goes exactly as planned. Not a single time. There's some beautiful things that can happen, but it never goes exactly as planned. But you know what growing with others actually takes? It takes intentionality, and it takes discipline. And I don't want to speak for you, but as I kind of watch my life and watch humanity around me, you know one of the things that humanity struggles a lot with? <laughs> intentionality and discipline, right? Because if we get bored with something, or it gets hard, ding, 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 I'm out. Right? But growing with others that is essential to being a maturing follower of Jesus, it requires intentionality and discipline. And here's the second truth I'd give you that's counter to those true things I told you. Growing with others is a biblical command. Like you can't read the word and go, no, I don't think it's in there. Preacher, stretch that a little bit. And in fact, there are close to 50, 50 verses in the New Testament that call us to walk with one another, like share with, bear with, accept, forgive, confess sins to, live at peace with, encourage one another. And the list goes longer and longer. I heard somebody say a couple of years ago, and I hadn't forgotten it, that it says if you are too busy for spiritual community, right, and we are busy people, okay, if you are too busy for spiritual community, then you're saying you're too busy to follow Jesus. We can say ouch or amen, right? But there's truth there. Growing with someone or one another is a biblical command. And so as the exchange, welcome in. That's where you're hanging out today. Here's what we say 18,000 times. You weren't meant to do life alone. You and I were meant to grow together with others in community. Like the goal, hear me, listen. The goal of our church, okay, if you hadn't felt it today or in the three years that you've been here, our goal as a church and your goal as a follower of Jesus, because you've got to own your part, is not, all right, it is not that you, you're one to two times a month when it's convenient and you're not hunting and you're not doing this and you got this, that, that you would come and sit in one of these black folding chairs or that you would get on the other side of your phone screen and we're glad that you can join us from wherever you are and that you would sit and you'd sing a couple of songs and you listen to the preacher and take a couple of notes and then just go live however you live. Listen, like, that's, that is not, that's not the goal, okay? Like, at all, zero, okay? We're going to keep doing this because this is part of the biblical call to gather together, encourage one another, walk it out, okay? But the goal, hear me, okay, our deepest desire for you and for our church family is that we would take this word, okay, and we would personally pursue it. That I'd read something. That I would know the God of the Word all right, on Monday morning with my bagel. It's me and the living Word speaking into my life, and I know God. Okay? And I would learn to pray something in my life. Man, I'm talking to God, and maybe it's not 45 minutes, but it's 45 times on my Monday because it just needs that. All right? And we're talking, and it matters to me, and it matters to Him. And that we would then spend time in that. And then watch this. That then I would take what God's doing in me, and on Sunday I would come not depleted, 
Because I hadn't talked to him all week or I hadn't heard from him all week, but I would step into this moment and my cup's almost already full. I'm going to come in here and I might serve you and bless you and talk to you and hug you. And when I sing together and we hear the word, man, it it takes my cup to overflowing because I've already been living in it. And then what I just so happen to do is I go, hey, one more person, hey, three more, hey, seven more. Why don't we do this together? That's the goal. So it's not the attendance sheet on Monday that you would be one of those that we counted on Sunday. But it's that we would be maturing, multiplying followers of Jesus. And one of the primary ways that has to happen for that to happen is that we would grow with someone. Now, I won't be further honest with you because I value that. Uh, I'm going to kind of let you in behind the curtain. We have hundreds of people that like call the exchange their faith family, okay? And you're sitting in a room of like, I don't know, about 120 people, had another 120, 130 at 930, okay? Then there's like a, no, other, uh, another 150 or whatever that's traveling this week or they're hunting or whatever. They got under the blanket and didn't show up, okay? Like there's hundreds of people. We as your leadership have a role to help all of us to like encourage us as best as possible to grow with someone. But remember what I told you? There is no cookie cutter way, <laughs> So you got like hundreds of people that all got to get to the same mission, but they don't all get there exactly the same, and they're all different. All right, welcome to our world, okay? That's what we do Monday to Saturday, all right? If you're wondering, we had a job, all right? That's our job. But we do have two primary ways that we feel are engines or vehicles to try to help get us there. And listen, some of you know this because you're already walking in it, okay? And so I'm going to ask you to give me five minutes to encourage and refresh you. Some of you are like, man, I've heard some things, but I don't really know what that means, okay? So I'm about to give you information, new information for five minutes, and it's going to encourage all of us to move towards Jesus together, okay? So two primary ways. Here's the first one. We just call it life groups. Life groups are smaller groups than this, okay? Smaller groups of men or women or couples or students who get together weekly or sometimes every other week to talk about life, pray for each other, Read a little bit of scripture together, care for one another, and go home. And and walk life out together. That's the end of it. The truth is, listen, because I watch it, the truth is you can come, even though our building's not real huge, we don't have 500 seats and a big old sanctuary, you can come into this room, or you can definitely get on the other side of that screen if that's the only place you live. Listen, and you can sit there, and you can sing the songs, and do the 70 minutes together, and you can walk out the door, and no one ever really knows your name. And you could have something that you need somebody to pray for and nobody ever know, even knows. And you never got to pray for somebody else. You never got to hear about what the word means. Listen, you can walk out and no one knows your name. Life groups allow you to be known and allow you to know somebody else. Life groups allow you to be cared for and you to care for somebody else. Life groups allow you to ask questions about scripture, talk about what God's teaching you, and allow other people to say that that encourages you. That's the beauty of walking this out and doing this together. Now, Here's the truth. We have a couple of hundred people like right now in our faith family who are connected to life groups that meet all across the week. And uh, man, over the last 11 years, I just wish I had a whole hour. I just tell you story after story after story. Over the last 11 years, we've watched, got, uh, watched God do some amazing things through life groups. Like I've watched people in groups care for people in moments of great need. I'm talking about sickness, loss, need, Preacher's not involved, but man, they're just walking out, loving one another, okay? I've seen people celebrate moments of great joy and victory in life, man, new life, job promotion, great things going on. Man, they celebrate, okay? And we've watched friendships be formed that would have never happened 
without the spiritual community of a life group, right? Can I tell you a story? I didn't tell 930, so you're going to sneak peek into this story, all right? But I got time. Listen, there was a story of a couple years ago, right, of a lady who was serving overseas in the military. And a group of our ladies here who are life group went, you know what? Part of the biblical call on our life is that we should serve other people. And they had a burden to serve and to bless people who were in the military. Some of you were there. Thank you for what you do. So they sent a care package from Pearl, Mississippi, life group on a Monday night that arrived overseas to this lady that they did not know who got a care package that just said, God loves you, we see you, and thank you for who you are. And if I get most of the details right, this lady said, you know what? I'm so drawn to what those ladies have done that when I get back, I want to go see those ladies. And now she and her husband are connected to our faith family, and she's now a growing part of that group of life. Come on. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but I love this part, we studied the word together, but our lives as well. Tuesday mornings, and I talk about it all the time because it's a big part of my life. Tuesday mornings, I'm a part of, I don't lead, but I'm a part of one of our men's life groups. And we got 16, 17, 18 guys that at 6 a.m., even on a cold Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., we get together at a donut shop for an hour and 15 minutes. And, man, we get after it. And we love one another and we pray for one another and we grow with one another in the Word. And you know what? That is one of the most powerful, impactful, influential hours of my whole week. Like, I need it. I need it, and you do too. Life groups are one of the ways that you can grow with someone. I got one more. Okay. A few years ago, you heard us introduce something that's just called e-groups. Okay. The E just stands for exchange. E-groups are gender-specific groups of three people who commit to meet together weekly for accountability, Bible reading, and prayer with the goal of making disciples. Now, you're like, well, that sounds a lot like the life group. It's a little bit different. Let me tell you how. E-groups are built around this foundation of three people, three priorities, three months. And through e-groups, here's basically what we're asking you to do in a sentence. Ask two other people, hey, for about 12, 14 weeks, would you read God's word with me? Boom, that's it. Okay? There's no leader for an e-group. You don't need a pastor to launch an e-group. You just need people who go, man, I'm hungry for the word. And I want to grow with somebody. How about Thursday at lunch? You ready? 12 to 1 every week, next three months. Now, there are some foundations of that that I explain. You're like, well, why, why the whole three thing? Well, listen, here's why. Because three people, we, we think that the smaller a group, the deeper the intimacy and the connection that happens. It's just reality of life. Also, we found three people is a lot easier to schedule than like eight, nine, 10, or 14, okay? They also gather around three priorities, okay? Reading the Bible together, some accountability questions, because we get honest and real, and praying for one another. In fact, we developed a whole packet. It's all totally free on our website. You may not have known about it. And it's like you just download it. It's on your phone. Put it on your iPad. Print it out. Whatever's best. Like you walk into e-group and you're like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. This tells us how we walk through it. Okay, there it is. Because we want you to do it that much. And then it's three months. You go, why? Like, why three months? That's not very long. Well, here's the deal. Because at the end of that time, our hope is that you would then split off and you'd invite other people into it, right? We're maturing, multiplying disciples. 
And so I got two guys, Tim and John, and then Tim goes and gets two more, and John goes and gets two more, and Bryant goes and gets two more. And what the, look at that. Catch that Rankin County math? That three became what? Nine, just like that, uh-huh. I know it's early and it's cold for math, right? But listen to me. It's the biblical call that we multiply disciples. Now, those are the two primary ways that we as the exchange, trying to shepherd hundreds of people, shepherd you towards group. Are those the only two ways you can grow? No, they're not. But I would hope that if you call this place your faith family, that you would engage in at least one of those. Because you know why? Um, the people in the group need you, and you need them. Now, if you go, you know what, I tried group, didn't work, leader didn't call me back, e-group was weird, they didn't show up, whatever your thing is. Okay, listen, then here's what I'm saying. Just do something with someone. Just, just something, like something with someone beyond this moment so that there's accountability, encouragement in your life. Heard a couple of stories recently, and I thought you might be encouraged by them. A couple of weeks ago, I heard the story of a single mom in our church family who approached an older lady, and she just asked her, man, can we start reading scripture together? Heard the story of a mom who's a new Christian who started meeting with another lady to talk about faith and her new relationship with Jesus, and how do I read the Bible, and how do I know God? Heard the story of a father and a grandfather who meet together for breakfast one morning a week, every week, before work. Been doing it for a number of years just to encourage themselves in their faith. Heard the story of two working moms who decided to launch a life group together in one of their homes for other working moms to get together to know God, to grow with one another. This week, I walked into a restaurant to have a meeting at another table, and over here at this table is four or five ladies from our faith family just digging in the word together. And then two weeks ago, I had a conversation with a young husband who said, you you know what, man, just started Bible study at my work of all places, and five guys showed up, and a couple of weeks ago, one dude prayed to know Jesus for the very first time. Amen. And I'm just saying, yes, 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 like more of that, just all of that, every bit of that, multiply that in us, God, so that we look more like this. But it happens because we grow together. So let me just ask you, who is, here's our question, who is someone or a group of someones that you are consistently gathering, meeting with to encourage your life spiritually? Because my desire as your pastor, right, my desire is that there would not be a single person who's a part of our faith family who doesn't have someone or a group of someones that's encouraging and challenging and praying for that they could grow with together. So here's where we land today. Okay, God's calling all of us to grow with someone, okay? Like, that's not questionable. Sometimes I preach a message, and I'm like, man, about 60% of the people, they may resonate, 40% are going to check out go home, okay? Today, guess what? It's everybody. All of us are called. If we're going to grow up in Christ, we're called to grow together. So for some of you today, man, the next step, like next step for you is connect your life with a life group. Maybe it's a group of men or women or couples, and you're like, man, we're like, we, we need to do that. We're leaning in. We're going to be a part, okay? And listen, okay, I told 930, I'll tell you, like, listen, is it going to be awkward walking in somebody's house for the first time or sitting down at a restaurant with a guy or a girl? Yes, yes, it, will, it sure will be. Yes, it absolutely will be. It sure will, okay? 
um, will you show up and you make the brownies and they were supposed to make the cookies and they don't, but they eat all your brownies? But like, yes, absolutely. Will happen, sure will. Will you potentially get put in a group me and there's that one person in the group me that like they message everything in the group me, okay? Like, yeah, probably so. It probably will happen, okay? If you're that person, knock it off, okay? Knock it off, all right? We love you. We'll pray for you. You just don't have to say everything in the group me, all right? Everybody said Amen, okay? That's the loudest amen I got all day, like about a group me, okay? Listen, I'm just saying, it's not cookie cutter. It won't be perfect because they're different than you, and they may think you're weird, and you think they're weird. But God calls us to love one another, to care for one another, to bear with one another, to forgive one another, to grow with one another, to walk with one another. So maybe for some of you today, God's calling you to step in, be a part of a life group with other couples, men, women. Some of you, God's calling you today, man, grab two people. There's two people in your life, two co-workers, two people you serve on Little Life guest services team with. You're like, man, let's go, e-group together. How about Wednesday, lunch, Thursday morning, 8 a.m., let's go. For some of you today, maybe you're like, I don't know about the Life Group, e-group, I don't really know anybody, I'm not going to take that step. Listen, you grab one person in your life, and you just go, here we go. Can we do Mark together? How about Mark? Can we just read that together? Here's some questions that my church put out. Man, can we... Can we Encourage one another. I need that. I'm a, I'm a mom. You're a mom. And can we just walk with one another? But God's calling all of us to grow with someone. But there's one, one last challenge. And um, I shared this with some people on our staff, and they were kind of like, wow, you're going to say that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say that. Um, I want to issue one further challenge that God's calling some of you today, um, he's calling some of you to, to launch a life group, like to, to host one. That's what we call it, to host one. You're like, whoa, that was like multiple steps down the road. That was a little deeper than I was ready for. Now, here's what I'm saying. Listen to me. Here's what I'm saying. One of the greatest needs, and, and I don't like saying this, but um, one of the greatest needs in our whole church, like the whole church, um, is that we would just have more, more groups, okay? Because there's a lot of people who want to grow, um, but there's not always people who want to just host. And listen, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a seminary degree or have all the New Testament memorized. You just don't. You just got to be obedient and go like, man, got to feel like what we talked about today, like, you want us to just foster community, love somebody. We could send out a text and go, hey, let's hang out and watch a video together, walk through a chapter of scripture together. And my prayer today is that God would launch five, five new life group hosts out of today. And I'm kind of crazy enough to believe that he could do it. And then I'm also praying that maybe there'd be 10, like 10 people from within our faith family that would grab two other people outside of our faith family are within, and they do an e-group together. My math, right, that's like 15 people, like 15 out of, you know, about 400 that'll gather today to just go, man, I'm in, I'm in, and I want to lead out. And so today the question is, who are you? Who are you growing with? Who is the someone that you're growing with that's raising you up and calling you the faith in Jesus? And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? Just like we did last week, I'm going to ask you to grab this card, pull it out, maybe you need a pen, okay? And here's... Here's my ask of you today, all right? And I can't make you do it. Man, I wish I could, but I can't. But I pray that the Holy Spirit spoke loud and he spoke clear because he's way better than me. And on that third blank there, it just says, someone I am growing with. Someone I'm growing with. I'm just asking you to just write it down. Okay, listen, some of you, you're already in a group, you're already in an e-group, whatever. Just write them down. Awesome. You already passed the test. Way to go. Keep it up. Don't give up. Some of you, maybe you're in a life group where God's calling you today. Um, like, man, it's time to branch out. Grab two, three other couples and start something. Grab five other guys. I'll connect you with them. There's plenty of them. And you start hosting something. 
Someone I'm growing with. I mean, you just write that down. Maybe you're going, I don't know, like right now, it's a lot. Okay, listen, it's all good. Okay, maybe you take that and like by tomorrow morning, like this afternoon, you're just praying, being aware of the Holy Spirit. Hey, God, by tomorrow morning, help me to know. Like, who, who is that? What, what, what can I write down there? But my hope is that there would not be a single person who would walk out of this moment and not have a confident answer to that question because your faith matters and my faith matters and we need one another. We need to grow together. Now listen, if you're writing down there and you're going, man, I'm not connected with a group. I'd love to know more about a group. Okay, then I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. If you're in our building today, um, on this card here, it just says next steps. Okay, because this is yours. This allows us to help you. Um, on the next steps here, it just says, hey, I wanna know more about connecting with a group. That's it, okay, just indicate it. Let us know how we can contact you. Drop that in the white box if you're online or you wanna go on our apps, on our website too. This is just the easiest way to do it right now. But this becomes a way for our pastors and our leadership to walk with you and to help you connect so that you can grow with other people. Thanks for joining us online today. As we gather, we sing songs of worship, we center ourselves on the truth of God's word, we encourage one another through community, and we do it all so that we might be changed to live more like Jesus. Through our time today, we pray God showed you what it means for you to follow Jesus with your life and to live as the church in the world. We are available and ready to pray for you and encourage you as you discover and grow in your faith. To speak with one of our ministry team members or to have someone pray for you, you can text your first name to 601-397-6111 or message us through any of our social media channels. Our ministry team would love to pray for you and help you in any way. You can also find reading plans and other resources to help you take next steps in your faith on our website. That's www.theexchange.cc. As we close out our time today and prepare to scatter as the church, let's speak out loud our declaration together. We believe the great exchange took place when Jesus, who had no sin, became sin for us so we could know God. We exist to see people exchange their old life for new life in Christ and live out their purpose. Christ's love compels us to exchange ideas for truth. God's word is our standard. Selfishness for serving, we will serve others. Pleasing for reaching, we will share our faith. Keeping for dispersing, we will make disciples. Forgetting for celebrating, we will praise God. We are the church.